0: Up, everybody, you. this is your oh, boy Smacka Valley to Don
1: And your girl Chi Chi
0: And you're listening to Casual Conversations Podcast Where we talk about anything and everything that comes to mind From sex, <laughs> to love, to finances This is the safe place Today we have two guests with us Yes, we have Layla Little, aka the Double Dutch Queen Yes And we also have Nichelle Brantley
2: Hey I spent
0: 10 minutes trying to learn his name, so I gotta say it over It's Layla Little Omwasawe.
2: Omwasawe. <laughs>
0: this is it. This is it. Y'all did you did it. it. <laughs> so, of course, with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, we have two people who are very important to mental health awareness in the early stages of childhood development. We have Ms. Layla Little, who is the owner of Jump Kids Health. Uh, it's an organization... I want you to explain it because I feel like I'll butcher it, but it's an organization for the kids to really get them on the right path in the beginnings, and you'll see what I'm talking about once she explains it. And we also have Nichelle Brantley, who's a therapist, correct? Yep. Now, me, because when we were in the meeting, somebody was pressuring me, I feel like a lot of people don't know the difference between a psychologist and a, and a therapist. Mm-hmm. This is a thing. Because yes. I'm not the only dumb person in the room. Wow. Absolutely. No, you're not so, dumb at all. So, what's the difference? I feel like the difference, what I got from what she said is that psychologists write prescriptions.
3: Well, psychiatrists Psychiatrist. write prescriptions. Okay, uh-huh. get me Psychologists, you have to get your PhD or PsyD, and therapists would be your master's.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. High school diploma over here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so today our topic is going to be challenging inner child. What's the. Uh, Channeling
1: what, your inner child. Yes, basically. thank
0: you. So uh, basically what this is is development at a younger stage. Mm-hmm. And how it
1: affects you as you grow. Get okay.
0: Over. So our first question is definitely going to be uh, what was life like growing up for all you guys? If you want to start with you first. how oh,
2: Definitely. Um, You know, my upbringing was kind of one of the reasons why I started Jump Kids Health. Mm -hmm. Um, I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Um, A lot of people know Newark as Brick City, Uh Um, but we tend not we tend to shy away from that because we want to start bringing out the good things that happen in Newark. And Brick Brick City always had a bad stigma on it. So um, I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey, in a single family household. Mm -hmm. But my mom was a college graduate. She worked in and went to school my entire life, full-time, both, um, raising me and my brothers. So it was a struggle for her. But she always made it. So she made it her business to put us in different programs so that we can get the exposure, Mm -hmm. so that we can excel in the future. Um, She made a lot of of sacrifices, one of them being working under the table, even with Mm -hmm. two degrees, so that we can get financial aid, so that we can partake in different programs. Mm -hmm. And um, kudos to my mom, because had it not been for that single upbringing... Um, I probably wouldn't even be here today
0: with the, uh, the yeah. tapping, it's
2: going to it catch to on the mic. Oh, it's cool. It's
0: cool. We do it. Too. So,
2: yeah. So had it not been for my mom being a single mother, picking me up late from school every day, um, I wouldn't be here because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I got here because I had to walk around the corner to the boys and girls club after school because she would pick me up um, from school every, every day late. Okay. So I saw the other kids walking around the corner and I'm like, well, where are you guys going? They're mm-hmm. like, we're going to the boys and girls club. And from there, that's where I learned how to jump Double Dutch. Mm-hmm. And um, my love for Double Dutch turned into Jump Kids Health.
0: Okay. All right. Now, how, how you grew up? So You I, were in Guyana growing up. Correct. Yes. All I right, grew but. up
1: in Guyana f- until I was 15 years old. Single-parent household as well. Um, my mom, like you said, hard worker. She's a nurse, so she was, you know, whenever they'd send her to— We, we call it the back down, but it's basically like going to a— secluded place that doesn't have as many nursing professionals so she would go there to work and we'd be left with like maybe a cousin an aunt or so and you know when I was younger I was really annoyed because I'm like I don't get to see you unless you're here here but you know as I got older it came to mind like I wouldn't have the things I have the privileges that I had I wouldn't have had them if it wasn't for her I'm so sorry Doing all that extra work and you right. know
0: stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I grew up. I grew up in Newark, but I think like my me and, when I was growing up, my first house was in East Orange. So like uh, weekends and everything like that, I was always in Newark, so at the colonnades on the north side, mm-hmm. and like I, I grew up in the both of my parents were in the household, but because my parents had it harder growing up themselves. They worked in housing authority, so I would go to housing authority summer camps every single year. Mm-hmm. My mother and father wanted me to have that that experience mm-hmm. with knowing where I came from and knowing that just because I had it maybe a little bit easier, that the struggle was definitely real. And they mm-hmm. wanted me around kids to be able to learn that. So when I got out on my own... Basically, I would know what to do. Was it? Was it a? Did I love it? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't have grew up any other way, mm-hmm. because I feel like I have more of an attachment to my community right. because of that. I feel like if I would have stayed in a neighborhood where I grew up at in East Orange, I wouldn't know a lot of what I know now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I have different type of friends too. I have friends that I, I've been in certain tight situations with that I knew what loyalty and a bond was. Mm-hmm. But like my, my, it was it was rough. I'm a boy, so it was rough. What <laughs> no matter what, but. You know, I, that's how I really grew up. I, I grew up understanding that everything is a blessing, regardless yeah. of how easy it is to obtain or anything like that. Everything is a blessing. Yeah. You?
3: Um. Well, I have a very eclectic, broad background. Okay. Um, my mom, I was mostly raised with my mom in Newark, but mm-hmm. my dad lived in Bloomfield. They basically share custody. And my grandma actually lived in Nutley, and I would spend... Bring a, your mic
2: closer. All right.
3: I would spend a lot of time with my grandma, so I have that... I. I would be there and all my cousins would be there. So it was just like a family affair. So I love that sense of community that Mm -hmm. my family kind of ingrained in me because... I'm always there for my cousins. They're always there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of how my family was brought up, like, to really be there for your family. But we'll talk a little bit more about it later, how it might manifest into poor boundaries or, mm-hmm. um, you know, lack of communication skills as you get older. But still, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love the deep bond I have with my family. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So so we have, like, a little segue after that first question that's really a, an attachment. What are some main things that you remember growing up, good or bad? Do you feel like you uh, remember, like, the good things more or you remember, like, the bad things?
2: <laughs> that's so funny. Um, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think I remember a lot of the bad things, like my first fight.
0: <laughs> I feel like everybody remembers the bad I mean, things.
2: Like, right. It's crazy. But, like, my childhood is still happening, like, right now. Like I'm Absolutely. still doing As long as your dutch.
0: parents are here, I feel like you're <laughs> still learning and growing and you're still treated like a child no matter what.
2: Absolutely. I remember going to every college, almost every college on the East Coast because mm-hmm. of double dutch. And um one of the reasons why I make sure that the kids are exposed to different schools and and that kind of dwindled away with the league that we used to jump with prior to. Okay. So I started my own league so that the kids could get that that exposure to all these Do different Do you feel like you
0: aimed towards that because education. that's what like you f- like like that's some of the things you felt like you could have had more of or that's what you yearned for when you were younger?
2: No, that's what I got. And I didn't okay. want the new generation to to not have that. Okay. Um okay. And I do realize that everybody can't be an entrepreneur, and so I do believe in education. What I don't believe in is kind of like relying on um, institutional education. Mm-hmm. I do believe that you need to get your own education as well. Yourself, be self-taught. Mm-hmm. But I do push education in our children because that is something that you should just you should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back now, jump kids made me go back to school. So okay, um, what you going for? Psychology, okay, <laughs> right? It, went, it made I me go you back to school off on people. so that I can build for myself, right? Okay. So that you know, I don't need these doctors that you see on my website. I don't actually need them. Yeah, um, they're a great asset. Or but, you know
0: where they're coming from, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah,
2: yeah. And I can relate, and I can talk to Nichelle about different things because I've gone back to school. But that's one of the things that um, that's really big now is uh, that I experienced as a child is. I'm attending a lot of these colleges because of Double Dutch.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you, do you feel like, what do you really remember from from being younger?
1: So, I'll, my most favorite memory as a child, it's not necessarily the best of the best, but... Like I said, I'm an avid reader, and I was the type of child, if my mother sent me to do dishes, I'm standing with a book. If she sends me to sweep, I'm with a book. And for some reason, I remember when I was younger, she would literally, sometimes she'd hit me, like, put the book down and get your work done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I remember it so much because now that I'm older, whenever I read, I remember, like, you know, this is the one thing my mother always had an issue with me with. Mm-hmm. So, That's like, so ironic. Yeah, I try to instill it into any little child I come across. Like, pick up a book, read yeah. something, because the amount of stuff I've learned from books, mm-hmm. teachers didn't teach me. I went to school, and I would be focused. Any teacher that sits down and talks about me, they'll be like, oh, she was a good student when it came to her, came to her work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But when you look back, the things I do in life now... Most of it, they didn't teach me. I read a book and came up with the idea, yeah. or I was talking to somebody. I've talked, spoken to people that didn't go to school, that didn't finish high school, mm-hmm. that give me a better background on life than somebody that has a degree. And I was like, wow. Yeah.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, I actually have a similar experience. I was it was the same thing with me. I was always reading. That's all I could do though. I couldn't do nothing else. I'd be on punishment for like 3 months. Yes, no phone, no TV, just books. Oh, wow. So yeah, but I feel like I used to only see the good in my past cuz I like I said, I loved it. I didn't see any problem with the way I was raised until I got older and got into um my clinical and counseling program and I noticed some of my behaviors are not you know they might not be the best, mm-hmm. but I'm like, well, everybody in my family does it, so what's the issue? So, like, you know, looking into transgenerational, you know, things get passed down, trauma gets passed mm-hmm. down between family, and it becomes normalized, but okay. it doesn't mean it's okay. So now sometimes I look back like, hmm, maybe that wasn't appropriate, or maybe that was, you know, codependent. So mm-hmm. I still see it in a positive way, and I know my parents and family were doing the best with mm-hmm. the knowledge they had, yeah. but um, I. I definitely want to make some changes in the mm-hmm. future about how I address other people and my own kids one day. Okay.
0: okay. So, so with me, it, I think that I think that it. What I remember me mostly is I don't know why, but like I was talking about it with Day on the phone with the meeting yesterday. Like for some reason, the stuff that sticks out to me. I had a dope childhood, so the stuff that sticks out to me is. The bad situations. Mm. And, like, when I was growing up, my I had two cousins that, like, came to live with us my seventh grade year. And I remember us moving down south. Like, my mother wanted to change, like, the environment we were in because it started getting bad, like, my tenth grade year. So, seventh grade year was the the year that my cousins had moved in with us. And it was, like, I went from shopping, getting ready for school when, like, your parents was like, all right, I'm giving you a $1,000. Go get whatever you got to get for school to... This was the first year where it was like, okay, instead of getting a thousand, you gonna get three hundred, he get three hundred. And I'm like, what the Your heck just happened, 000, bro? Like,
1: <laughs> where <laughs> did that money go? Um, so I'm like,
0: but, but 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 to me though, because I was a kid, I didn't understand money. I wasn't working, yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, why did I why did I just get chopped in threes like this? So like, <laughs> it, it, it it put a strain on on my relationship with my dad for like a year until I really understood like. I was going into high school, and I was like, okay, this is why this is happening, because he has to, you know what I'm saying, supplement uh, Mm -hmm. two other other people. Mm -hmm. And then 10th grade, when I moved, I moved from New Jersey to, to Georgia. So it was like... Their style was different. They didn't understand simple stuff like when we were wearing like capris and stuff like that. They didn't understand dudes wearing capris, so like mm-hmm. I, I used to get hyped on a lot. So like I used to be like, like what's going on? Like these dudes in country. I'm <laughs> yeah, dressing right. I'm the yellow. I don't know better. And then it was crazy. Was it's like waiting. my eleventh grade year. For some reason, the south. Takes a little bit to catch up. So my 11th grade year, they started wearing what I was wearing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, now y'all wearing capris. And it's old to us now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not wearing this no more. So it was like, man, my high school, the ending of my high school was like a hard time for me because it was a transition. Mm-hmm. But like that's the stuff that sticks out to me. And I think that has a lot to do with our like next question, which is how did it affect you as an adult? I think that's the reason why I find like hobbies and a lot of stuff I do, like fashion, sneakers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because that's something... From those days, I just was like, I'm never going to let this hinder me again. Like, this is Mm -hmm. something that I know it made me feel a certain type of way. It brings out the child. So, like, I feel like I'm always going to be up to par as far as, like, visually. You know what I'm saying? So, as far as, like, how you were raised, how do you feel it affected you as an adult? It's
2: funny. My answer is kind of going to be... A little funny, because mm-hmm. I was raised in a household with all boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're talking about I'm a boy, so it's rough. Yeah. Like, so I you're was the only girl. The only girl. Four brothers, one just me. One girl. Right? So I was real rough. Like, mm-hmm. I told you my first fight. It was because yeah. of my brothers. Like, I was real rough, tomboy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm still like a boy. My mother, like, telling my husband... She's a boy, you gotta you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I got a cream, cousin like that. creaming yeah. my body. Like, yeah. oh god, I gotta like cream my body every day now. Yeah. I'm living with I'm living with a man, so I gotta like <laughs> <laughs> It's real funny. I gotta like groom myself for real now. Yeah. But that's like it. that's one of the little funny things. Um I could get deeper yeah. as far as being raised by boys. Um, like decision making when it came mm-hmm. to boyfriends and stuff like that I was like do you okay. feel
0: like you understand relationships more I feel like you got a better I outlook think, on relationships I think
2: I do I think I do yeah. because the decisions that my friends would make and I'm like you can't see that he's yeah. not serious yeah. like yeah. What? Well, what it's my because I here. yes because I've seen <laughs> girls come and go in my yeah, house and mm-hmm. I'm Absolutely. like I'm listening to them talking the same <laughs> the things the am so like oh this fool is lying mm-hmm. so when guys would do it right and I'm like Are you serious? And even sometimes I'll play along with it. And then I just won't call ever again. Like, what? Or if I'm really, really in love with somebody and then they mess up, and I don't know if it's a good thing, you could kind of probably talk about this later. If they mess up in my head, I won't even call, I won't say nothing. Mm -hmm. I'll just go. It's crazy like how
0: leaf. it's crazy it, how you could get so one answer know. from one person and it mean four different things to four different people. Mm-hmm. So like if like if a dude say a certain thing, it's like to her it might mean, oh nah, he he bullshit and you know what I'm saying. But to three other people it's like, Oh man, he love me or oh he wanna be with me. It's yeah. weird how yeah. a sentence can be taken three to six ways, like mm-hmm. and, and that's 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 I think where 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 create like it comes into it comes into mm-hmm. in play of understanding on on people skills and things like that. But I don't know if
2: that was always a good thing for me though. Definitely wasn't a good thing for you. Right, in my my mid-twenties when I was ready to settle down, it was kind of like is it a trust issue? Mm. Like, do I have a trust issue? Or do I think every guy's lying? So I was trying Mm -hmm. to be lighter or somewhat not myself to make it, like, okay, let me try to make this relationship work. And it was like no, now that I'm married, I'm like, no the ones that worked is the one that was supposed to work. Mm -hmm. and You don't got to fight, you know what I mean, if it's right. You don't have to fight for it and all of that. So I don't know if it was always a good thing for me in my mid-twenties. Just to touch on that,
1: though, like, my best friends had to sit me down. Like, they had an intervention. Like, (laughs) Not because somebody did you wrong means you just walk away. I'm like, then why am I staying? What am I staying for? For you to do the same thing again? Like, yeah. I'm that so used is, to just letting is, shit go. In
0: like, this world where dudes have one chance <laughs> and one chance only. That's the harshest, like, like yo, I'm, I seen it. I thought she was lying at first. But,
2: bro. <laughs> you, okay, with you. Yes. I literally yeah. just, oh my yeah, goodness. like, that's it.
1: Yeah, and abruptly- right. You well, so my th- yes, like, I'm the type of person, let's say, for instance, we're talking over the phone, we have this whole conversation, we're feeling each other, and you go and mess up once. I'm like, okay, cool. I would never answer my phone again. I would not yeah. text
2: you. I would not call you. Like I You just, cut off
0: people like that, too? I yeah, cut,
2: but I, and I could be in, like, a two-year relationship. Like <laughs> Literally. <laughs> nah.
0: No, I'm
3: not like that. And but be I like, all right? Oh, all
0: right. How are you with it? I
3: would say, though, what um, you were saying, Leela, you kind of you kind of get put onto the game and it's like, okay, he's playing me. But I'm a little different because I like, I still like him. (laughs) (laughs) I I decided a couple years ago, I'm like, I'm not going to complain about it because I see a lot of girls do this and I was doing it like complaining, crying, Mm -hmm. all this, and then like laid up two days later. And what does that show him? That shows him like not to take you serious. So Mm -hmm. I decided if you're going to deal with it, like don't don't even complain about it. Like you kind of just have to accept it to a certain degree. But Mm -hmm. you know, I'm still working through that. And what that means for me Because like you said Sometimes I wouldn't be As soft as I could Because I'm like No when I was vulnerable Like he tried to play me out So I'm not Mm going to Show that side anymore And
1: yeah, and it's good to put your foot down sometimes because currently my relationship he's been there for like the whole get back together situation and I'm the type of person if I put my foot down on something that's it you're yeah. not crossing that line we're not yeah. going anywhere until you reach that standard
2: well we got yeah. some I'm
0: not queens on queen. women when I the strong black up I am ready
2: to get married I was ready to get married Ma- I don't yeah, care like, I gave you a year to figure it out if you ain't proposing I'm out like yes queen yes queen because it's like you put your
1: boundaries down and you're just waiting for them to get there and okay. mm-hmm. it's the same with women too sometimes a man is ready to get stuff done and we're just sitting there like <laughs> the fool like okay um let's wait a couple more hours like <laughs> what are you waiting for right
0: do y'all feel like our generation is different from like your, your parents or like 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 oh, women back then yes. absolutely yes how you feel
3: Yeah, I think it's changed. I don't think, you know how people be like, oh, back in the days, like women weren't doing this and men weren't doing this. I feel like it was always happening. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't broadcasted as much now that we have Mm -hmm. social media. But I do feel like it's going in a positive direction because I feel like, you know, women are able to support themselves, Mm -hmm. necessary, and able to establish those boundaries because I feel Mm -hmm. like before men could have boundaries but women couldn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we're all engaging in that self-love now. And, you know, relationships and love looks way different than it did. Um, you know Decades ago mm-hmm. But I don't think It's necessarily For the worst Okay do you,
0: do you feel like Do you feel like Because you're a therapist When it comes down To like how people Talk to you Or how you dissect Conversation Do you feel like You think too deep Into it sometimes
3: no, I feel like before I used to think like, oh, I know I could read body language or mm-hmm. like that's how my family communicates. Like you could see somebody be like, oh, they're not in the mood. Let me leave them what, alone. Are you straight
0: black or?
3: Well, I'm half black and half Puerto Rican. Okay.
0: okay. So yeah, y'all use a lot of facial emotions. Yeah. So <laughs> it's
3: like, usually I don't, we don't communicate. It's like, you could just tell like, oh, she's in yeah. a bad mood. Look how she's standing. So I used to think like I could read people so well until I got into therapy and I'm like, I'm, I can't feel or express their emotions for them. Like people... Mm-hmm. They, everybody's their own person, like a whole universe inside of themselves. So mm-hmm. something that might look, like, angry to me could be sad. So now I question everything. I don't <laughs> think too deeply about it, but I just know, like, I might not know what I'm talking okay. about. Mm-hmm. You know, the okay. person knows themselves best. So you just have to really hang on to what they're saying and not really try to, like, decipher it or pick it apart, <laughs> okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, I
2: feel like, so, you ever talked to Dr. Skynes? I, Dr. Skynes is one of... um the LCSWs or licensed clinical social workers at mm-hmm. Jump Kids Health and um when he looks at me and I'm about to, that's, to him, the, that's the
0: guy, okay Yeah,
2: I feel like he's dissecting everything <laughs> like he's taking all of my words I out, was like asking it's so you funny that. and I'm like are you like analyzing me or are <laughs> we like having a conversation, having a conversation? Yes, I so was weird. asking
0: <laughs> you that because my mother is going to school for the same thing that you going to school for, parenting is at an all time high right now and I don't even live with her we're not even in the same state so when I talk to her it's like Yo, what you doing over there? Is it- What's all <laughs> this ums and stuff like that? Like, I don't know. So that's why I asked you that because my mom is going through that transition right now where it's like everything she asks you, she looking to see what you say back. Mm. And it's not just a regular question. So I don't like talking to her like that. Oh, so I asked my father to ask her. <laughs> so it's coming from a different person, bro. And that's scary. Like the, the that the fact that you literally learning how to pick somebody's brain. But
3: oh. I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm even more confused than before. I feel like when I'm that's like, I don't want, yeah, I don't want... If, I'm, like, staring at you or, like... It's not because I'm deciphering you. It's because I want you to feel heard, like I'm listening to everything you're saying. And so more from that standpoint, because I can't analyze anybody. I'm, like, psychoanalysis is not for me because... Like I said, I can interpret something one way. And like you said, six different ways somebody could see the same thing. So I just really want to hear everything you're saying. Okay. Instead of, like, some people might look at you and be, like, having a whole storyline in their head like, hmm. That's when I feel like that's bad, problematic. But if... You're having a conversation with somebody. You want to really grasp onto everything they're saying so mm-hmm. they feel heard. Okay. So, so maybe guys, that's what but your you, mom's so doing. So you guys right? are really yeah.
2: listening, 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 mm-hmm. like, listening. Like, okay, okay. This is you what's see, going on the during problem, the day though. when you're talking
3: to her. Like I my, my mother you know
2: literally
1: does this thing where she sits down. I would tell my mother three words, and she got an entire <laughs> situation. She that's got the entire situation. Sure. The whole thing like out. she, I would call her like mommy. I want to know about this, this, and this. And she'd look at me like, so what did you do about this? I know you did this about this. I know. And what are you gonna be doing? And I'm sitting there. Yeah, like, I don't, How I don't did think
2: you figured that out. Like, I
0: don't think that's therapy though. I think that's woman intuition. Oh,
2: that's, that's my mother's mother, on a I think that's level, mother like, thing. That's that mother with, thing. Okay.
0: I don't I don't know what it is, but I just know like a conversation with a dude and a conversation with a woman is two separate things. You could just be talking about one thing with a dude and he'll just tell you exactly what you wanna know. I feel like with a woman she wanna know backstory. She wanna know how y'all got on this conversation so she could know where to stand <laughs> in the conversation. You know right. what I'm
2: saying? That is
3: we don't church. do that. I
0: need to
2: know where I'm when gonna When you say me and right. my girl
0: arguing, like we be like, dang, y'all gonna be good, y'all gonna be alright. A girl'll be like, well, let me ask you a question. Was a couple <laughs> days ago she was acting for you be like.
3: Thank you. Damn, I ain't never think about it like that. You <laughs> might be right. Like mm-hmm. it's
0: crazy, bro.
3: I have a theory though. Okay. Just a theory. I think that <laughs> men are really about self persever- 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 preservation, preservation, preservation. Okay. Yes. Um, what you mean by that now? I just I feel like with women we're so used to taking care of people like mm-hmm. my siblings. and men do it of course too. You know, it's so not gendered. Like yeah. Okay. Like me, I'm so concerned about my cousins. What's my dad doing? What's my mom doing? Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm looking out for them all. Time, my brother. He's he doesn't bother anybody, and he's no drama. But he just minds his own business and just does his own thing. No one.
0: Like I (laughs) know that now, but I I just found this out though because I found this out when we started doing this podcast. Like because I'm starting to have more females around me (laughs) with Daya. Like I tell her about stuff, and she has literally the same outlook as my fiancé. So I'm starting to notice that dudes care about nothing at all, bro. Like, I don't care what my cousins in them is doing. Like... I don't really care. I'm, I, I'm honest. I, I don't mm-hmm. really care. I care, but I don't care. Like my girl cares about my family more than me. Did you call <laughs> so, your mother today? No, I didn't. Like she <laughs> didn't call me, so she's okay. She didn't but call that's me. how I feel though. And and it's I don't know if it's because I'm the baby, so I feel mm. like they call me enough, and I'm trying to get away from that, mm. so I can stand on my own too. But I don't know. I, I just don't. Call, I noticed that I don't care as much as I thought I cared about a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. So like when I talk. When I talk to like females, I notice that it's certain stuff I, I do have to get better on. I gotta mm-hmm. start calling people more and caring more. Like me and my brother, we close, like we really, really close. Like, but yo, we could go three months without talking to exactly. each other. That's, that's what, that's what so I was weird. gonna ask
1: as a therapist. Like, is that a bad thing? Cause I'm the ta- I'm, my best friends had a big problem with me. They're like, you don't mm-hmm. call, you don't text. If we wanna <laughs> know how you doing, we need to call you. I'm not a phone person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only reason I'm on my phone is if I'm doing research or I'm listening to an audio book. You want to call her a text message from me? It's going to take a very long time. I don't know. It's an odd behavior because, and let me put it this way. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was like 14, 15. Okay. I don't know if it was my mother's way of protecting us from, you know, the social world or what. But... If you call me and I don't feel like talking, I'm not picking up my phone. It could be the most important call, and I'm gonna watch it ringing. I'm just gonna, I'll I'll catch you when I'm in the mood for you. Mm-hmm. That's like, a boundary
3: yeah. though, and that's good. Like that's valid, and as long as you feel good about it, you know it's not really something you have to work on. If it's impacting your life that much, that your friends are like really angry, and it's something that you would want to change. Like everything is different for some people. For some people, their boundary is like I need to be on my phone all the time talking to everybody, but that's not yours, and okay. that's okay. So your friend, your friends maybe. You know, can you you can communicate with them and let them know like it's not personal.
1: I've said this, like they get so awkward, they're like, You don't call it. So you don't take text. that personal. And I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah. I don't I know how to people... fix that because um it's just not my dynamic. That's just not how I do stuff. It's
0: not mm-hmm. your thing. No, no, I mean, I totally thing. understand it. So we had a question for you, uh, and I think the, the next couple questions might be for you, but is what is your advice for parents in terms of ensuring their kids' uh psychological health?
3: Um, I think the biggest thing is just seeing your child as equal, and I don't know about everybody else, but when I was younger, my parents were like, "Uh -uh, I'm I'm in charge, like, you're a little person, like, what you say or think doesn't matter, and it sounds brutal, but, you know, it was like the norm back then, but I just think letting them have a voice and expressing themselves, that's how they establish those boundaries, that's Mm -hmm. how they establish what they like and dislike, because... Um, you know sometimes if the parents are making all the decisions then the, par- the child might grow up to not know what they want or don't want in life yeah. and sometimes modeling is the most important thing because the kids are like little sponges mm-hmm. they absorb everything, everything that their parents are doing so you might think like Oh, my kid doesn't know what's going on. Communicate with them though, because your kid knows you. Like they know your body language, everything. They're gonna be able to tell. They even feed if, off you. Yeah, even if you don't say something's wrong, or you don't want to expose them to what you're going through, they can still sense it, like that energy, and it kind of goes on to them. So I think modeling is the biggest thing, because like my parents, they would say they would say, hey, stand up for yourself, do this, this, and that. And I'm like, well, when we're home, I don't see, you know, healthy communication. I see... Well, y'all don't let me stand up for myself. With yeah, child. exactly. You don't let me stand up for myself. Now you want me to stand up to my teacher or to yeah. my professor? Like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. So I think <laughs> modeling it for your child and... Showing them the behaviors that you want them to exhibit, as well as telling them, mm-hmm. is like the best thing that you could do for your you and your family, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, with, with, I had a question for I think this is for everybody. Uh, do you let your parents follow you on social media? <laughs> Hey man, I we mean, gotta know. Cause I mines is hell no.
2: Yeah.
0: People are blocked in my family.
2: <laughs>
3: what? I, they, they, it's not even
0: like we not friends. They I go find them, add them, and then block them.
3: Yeah.
0: Everybody. My everybody. brother does the
3: same thing. He found me and blocked me, my mom, my brother. I have he my own family. You yeah. That's fucked up. That's, That's sad.
0: That is, <laughs> that <is laughs> up. He blocked <laughs> That's you. You like his sister. Right. Y'all supposed to be thinking thieves, man. That's yeah. fucked up. You, my, you, mom,
2: my mom followed me.
0: I feel like y'all, but but it's different though with you and your mom dynamic yeah. because y'all together for the most part every day. Yeah, yeah. So I. Like, that's
2: like my best. Your mom
0: follows time. you too.
2: My entire
1: family follows me at this point. Yeah, yeah everybody. I block me.
0: everybody, especially when I know this is how I block new people. When my <laughs> father be like, "Oh, I heard you posted. Oh, who
2: told you that?
0: <laughs> oh, them. I <laughs> <buy. laughs> blocked. It's certain <sort> of <laughs> people that I don't want
2: following. Yeah, me yeah. like there's yeah. Like, yeah. older people, people on Facebook. They could be very annoying. So I'm like. You can't send me <laughs> chain letters like you oh. can't <laughs> yeah. sir, you can't inbox me these things that's going around. No, yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, like now, now you're going to get blocked. And then like if those. you comment, it's so weird. because If you comment on too much stuff,
0: yeah. Then, then you yeah.
1: And that's the good thing with my mother. Like my mother, she does not comment on it. the most comments I get from my mother's, oh, you look pretty in that picture, or your spelling of this word is wrong. I'm gonna change it. Like I was like,
2: okay. That's terrible. <laughs> that's I just hilarious. found out my
0: grand like two months ago, my grandmother got a Facebook bro, and she made a mistake and went live. I blocked her. That's two <laughs> my grandmother is like eighty-nine, bro. Why are you live? <laughs>
3: And you know that face that
0: you looking at, you know when you looking at your face and the camera come up, that face that you made. and you don't know you looking at I've seen it on the story and I'm like, nah, I got blocked <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, I, I got blocked. Cause she tripping. Yeah, That's I couldn't hilarious. do that. Uh, so independent questions. We had a question for you that I felt like we should get personal and ask a question. I don't know if you probably haven't. We didn't tell you about it, but I don't know if you ever asked a question. So we are gonna ask an independent question as far as in our lives what we have going on, and we just want to see like what your answer is. You wanna go first? You wanna no, go you first? go first. So my my question is, I'm gonna set up a backstory. Uh, so. Uh, as Daya knows, my, my best friend, uh, he got killed in 2017. So, like, he has a son. So, like, we always used to talk about it because we used to be out here in the streets. And he used to say, no matter what, whatever happens to me, make sure that you take care of my son. So, like, this weekend, we went to his grave site. Uh, and, like, we just really had a talk and we politicked at, the, uh, at his headstone. So like I just want to know like as far as mentoring him and everything like that cuz I don't have kids yet. I got like a stepson which is cool. I'm raising him, but he's younger. My 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 best friend's kid is like 7 years old. So he's coming to that age where like he has a lot of questions. He's just now understanding the death of his dad. So like how do I how do I transition cuz I don't want him to feel like I'm taking his dad's place but I want him to know like he has a father figure.
2: Yeah. So
0: how how do I how do I go into that well, without putting too much pressure on him to feel like, you know, I don't know how how to Put say it. Put him in jump kids. <laughs>
2: She just answered the question mean I mean, it's just so easy. Like, you just put them there and let us do the work. Yeah. I, and I think, not I like think that's a good idea, too. Couch, like, Jump Kids, I'm pretty sure she can explain, too. But Jump Kids is a therapeutic environment. And I think that's what it's he not needs like something. like on the couch, like, okay, so let's talk. No, all yeah. of our programs is centered around therapy. And yeah. we have even a boys' group on Fridays mm-hmm. with Dr. Skynos, who's a young LSLCSW yeah. who just lets them talk and then he talks about different issues like that um boy issues but uses hip hop to ex- to explain you know get I think his that message might across be idea. I, think, um, I think I think I should
0: to, really like, do that I didn't even think about of our
2: that on program, programs is and even the remote learning part like everything is centered around mental health therapy
0: Okay
2: and but you can't ignore it though it's something yeah. that you guys have to have him speak to somebody. Yeah that's what I'm saying like how
0: do I address it to him like I feel like I don't know. He at the age where it's like... He too young for me to really get into it. But he also at the age where now he's starting to ask questions. Mm. So do I address the questions or do I just answer what he has to ask me? I don't know if that makes sense.
3: Well, I think you should... Definitely work in collaboration with his family that he's living with. Mm-hmm. And like Layla said, the social support, you're going to need it because yes. yeah. you're not a therapist. You're not a psychologist. Like, this is heavy stuff. You mm-hmm. could probably still be dealing with your friend's death, too. Absolutely, I am. So, yeah, 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 you need that support there. But I think, um, like I was saying earlier, just validating him as a human. Like, Mm -hmm. if he asks you questions and you can answer it in a way that is...
0: I try to dumb it down a lot. Yeah,
3: Yeah, like, you know, maybe not too much because he's probably so much smarter than... A lot of people don't realize how smart kids are. So, you know, sometimes I talk with big words to my little cousins, and if they have a question, then they'll ask me, like, what does that mean? But you don't want to underestimate his ability. Mm -hmm. Like, he's been dealing with it. So I think... um, yeah, just probably doing what you've been doing, being there as that support for him and letting whatever comes about. You know, don't try to have too many expectations about it. Like you got to be his dad, or but yeah. you don't want to be like his dad, but yeah. you want to answer questions, but not too much. So just, you know, just being present there with him and experiencing, experiencing life together kind of in a way.
0: Okay. What's your question? Okay.
1: So for me, and this is very personal for me also, because I'm the type of person, whenever there's an issue or something isn't going the way it's supposed to, I shut down. Like Mm. I'm that type of person. Let's say, for instance, there's a problem. I know there's a problem. I want to address that problem, but because I know where that problem is going to lead to, and because I know my mouth, and I'm going to say something that I probably shouldn't, Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person I'm going to go lock myself in my room, find a book, I start ignoring people like that's where it gets to the point where I'm not talking to anybody. Like I would walk in my house, my brother would be there, and I wouldn't even greet him. Not because I don't want to, mm-hmm. but I know if I say hi and he says something that I necessarily don't want to hear, mm. I will snap. So, yeah. is there a way to like address that where I'm comfortable responding to people without that fear of saying stuff that's just gonna
3: potentially hurt your feelings i have that <laughs> same exact issue i have very poor boundaries i don't like communicating to people because in my family i never seen people communicate in a what are healthy boundaries? way
0: because this is like the third time you use this so i i know it's people looking that don't understand what boundaries are so mm-hmm. so what are boundaries before you go into your answer
3: boundaries are basically just what you are okay with and what you're not okay with knowing okay. what you like and what you don't like and that's okay like everybody's personal boundaries are okay so like my boundaries could look totally different from Mm -hmm. yours, and that's valid. Like, we just have to respect each other's boundaries and try to work in a way Mm -hmm. that nobody's feeling uncomfortable because when your boundaries are crossed, you feel really uncomfortable and unsafe. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I I was having a hard time finding my boundaries. So... Like I said, my family, is not healthy communication. Nobody's saying, like, hey, you hurt my feelings. You upset me. Mm-hmm. No, it was not that. It was, like, silent treatment or, like, a big explosive fight. So that's why sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't want it to go <laughs> left. So I just try to avoid it. But you, as you probably know, it just ends up start piling on and everything gets worse and worse. It's a whole process. I've been working on boundaries with my therapist and, like, asserting myself in a in a, you know, calm and assertive way for, like, two and a half years. So Mm -hmm. it's something you have to completely unlearn. Like, you know... Healing the inner child, something Mm -hmm. you have to unlearn from your past. So don't beat yourself up about it, and just try to stay in yourself. Like try to validate it. Like, okay, why do I feel so aggravated right now? And ask yourself those questions, and then also see, like, try to see stuff from your the other person's view. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get caught up being like, well, they're wrong and I'm right. Like, try not to see it that way. And
1: that's like the biggest thing for me because I uh, like that's one thing I notice I do. Like, I sit down and I'm like, well. Why did this person say this? Because in my mind, there's something that triggered whatever you said. Mm -hmm. Being raised by a nurse, she she (laughs) always had these different things that she would pinpoint with us. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, there had to be a reason that you said what you said or did what you did. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, even if you were mad at something, that's not my fault. Mm -hmm. Why is your anger being taken out on me since Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that to you? So, you know, it becomes, it comes to that point where I'm just like... I tell people, and especially like with my brother and my boyfriend, I tell them if you say anything to me within the next hour, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna hurt your feelings, leave me alone. And for the most part, it's a thing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it goes for longer, but you know,
1: it goes, yeah, like if I am in my head, Mm. give me time to just sort out what's in my head, basically. Once I've situated, okay, well, this is how I'm gonna go about the situation when you come to me I'm calmer I'm able to answer you that's
0: without... not an anger issue or nothing
3: I don't think so I think it's progress from like he's been telling me I have anger issues for I the longest I like... <laughs> can't talk to you for an hour
1: <laughs>
2: that's a bad ending okay? that's
0: <laughs> a whole episode of power you know how long that is an hour is a long time to be mad you no, said no,
1: it could be longer is. Right. It's, and sometimes it's not even that I'm mad it's just that I know my mindset at that moment and if I'm in that space let's say for instance you and I had an argument and you come to me like oh uh, what you think about your friend coming over and I'm like which friend the moment you call her name in my mind I'm like I don't want to see her right now I don't want to talk to her right now leave me alone and instead of me shouting at you I would prefer to just be like, "Don't tell me anything for the next fifteen to twenty minutes. Don't talk to me for an hour. Let me just settle what's going on in here, and I'll come back to you." And for the most, sometimes it happens sooner, sometimes it takes longer, but I will come to you like, "Oh, yeah, she can come over." Like that's just how. Oh, you my gotta have work. like
0: an inner conversation. Yeah, like
1: I need to sit down with myself <laughs> and be like, Out "No." a
0: long meeting with
2: self? <laughs> <laughs> Easy.
0: That's deep. <laughs> that's real. So, um, I had a I had a question that's for everybody up here. Uh, as an adult, what advice would you give your parents if you knew them what you knew now? Is there anything you would tell your parents that they could have done differently, or you feel like something that you would have told them like about mm-hmm. yourself now?
2: Yeah, we. Um, my mother and I have this conversation all the time about how she communicated with us always like it was always like yelling like why we can't just talk why you can't just say lay did you do your homework lay i know you better have that homework done you've been here all day i'm like but i got it done so you don't even know if i did it or not before you start going off and that's something that we talk about all the time now but when i was younger i wish that she understood that that really did something to me Mm -hmm. when she talked to me like that so i'm conscious of it when i'm talking to my daughter So, yeah, that's one of the things, like just the yelling all the time. It was like, and now my house, I'm like, this is a peaceful house. It's calm. (laughs) Don't come in here with that shouting because I can't take it. Like, it's a trigger for me, like now. Mm -hmm. So, that's one thing.
0: What
1: you think? So, for me personally, it would just be like the way my mother went about things. Like, somebody would come and tell my mother, Oh, I saw your daughter on the corner with this man. My god brother, walking me home. My mother didn't stop to ask me which man it was. I would come home to an ass whooping and then I'm like, but well, what man are you talking about again? And I was just like again. <laughs> so, you know, it was that thing where I'm just like, Mommy, do you know which man that was? When I'd say oh my god brother, then she's like well, you should have said that. You didn't give me a chance to say
2: that. Like, That's what? the same lines. I think your mother and my mother. Yeah, mine's
0: is gonna be along the same lines too. I think it was like with my mom and dad. It was, it was just like a one-sided story, and I think because of that, I I'm, I'm just starting to deal with like my attitude problems. Like I noticed, like with a lot of stuff, I'm short and sweet because I feel like I wouldn't. I'm. When, it start, when the conversation starts going to where I feel like somebody is, like, over-talking me or something, I feel like I just try to nip that in the butt because of how my parents used to talk.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: the crazy thing is that now I don't... Me and my father haven't talked about it, but I could tell about when we have conversations about how I feel about certain stuff going on in life, my father hang up, think about it, and call me back and say, listen, I know you feel this way about... Like, we just had that conversation this weekend about something. Like, it was a situation where somebody was going through something in my family, and I am like, they didn't call me when I was going through whatever I was going through, so why am I calling them? They didn't reach out to me. Mm -hmm. So we hung up, and my father called me back like, listen, uh, you got to understand that uh, them type of people are people who... We do for, but they don't do for us. You just have to accept that from some people because it's gonna be relationships like that. Mm. So he called me back, like, I just want you to know that you weren't raised like that because that wasn't the type of person I wanted you to be. So even though you know that will happen and it's probably gonna come again when they don't reach out to you, just know because you're raised better, you know better. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm working with now and I'm learning that. But, I mean, it was difficult. It was difficult for a long time, especially, like, that 21, 22 range where you, like, automatically think you're grown. And, and, don't, know it, and you know, and that know that you're everything. not grown when you hit 30. Like, yes. I wasn't grown at all. I was still a yes. teenager at 21. It's crazy, man. Did you have anything like that when you were, when you were uh, growing up?
3: Yeah, I would say I could resonate with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. My parents were the same way. It was not a normal conversation. It's just, like, you walk in the door, you're screaming. Or my parents were also very young. Mm-hmm. So they used to... Like, it was no big deal, but, like, when I was little and I would fall, like, my mom would laugh. And it's not a big deal. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't look back and, like, hate her for that or anything, but learning about children's development now, that time is so precious, because that's why sometimes when I'm hurt, I'm like, get away from me, because I'm yeah. used to somebody laughing at me when I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just wish that... Um, for my parents, that they could have been able to address what they had gone through when they were younger mm-hmm. so that they could have been more present. Because, again, I always thought my parents were the best. But now I'm just realizing, like, we have some issues in our family, but they didn't, they didn't know at the time. They didn't know better. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, what is your—both both of you guys, what is your worst fears when helping or mentoring children? Do you have, like, any fears as far as, like, now that you— because you have so much knowledge mm-hmm. on what you should and shouldn't do— because it's the,
1: like a sense of you taking on responsibility yeah, you're, for you. You're
0: that taking that up time, parenting so. for a couple hours basically every single day. Like do you have any fears or things that you make sure you steer clear from, like when you're doing this every day?
2: My biggest fear is that they leave the program before I feel like I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish with them. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure you could relate, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but um we have statistics in Double Dutch, like if we keep them in Double Dutch or on a double Dutch team. Um, throughout 8th grade and into high school, that they'll do well. But if we, if they leave before 8th grade, then chances are that they're going to be lost mm-hmm. and, and not do as well as we expect them to, to be or do.
1: Yeah, because um, around that time is also when they get up. Yeah, it's, peer a, influence a, real, and... yeah,
2: yeah. it's a real touchy um, time. And so I, I try to keep them in until they graduate high school. Yeah.
0: How, how do you feel about the situation? I feel like it's harder on you because... You really dealing with the mental side of it.
3: Yes, yeah, it is pretty scary. Um, I never thought I was gonna work with kids. I love kids. I love being with them. That's why when I, um, when I reached out to Layla with, with Jump Kids, I'm like, this is perfect. It's in the community. That you know, they're young children. But then, um, you know, as I started practicing with them, as a therapist, I'm not really supposed to give advice. That's not With therapists, they're not supposed to give you advice. And with adults, my program, they didn't really teach us about kids. They started because I started complaining. I'm like, I need help with kids. They're different. But with adults, you just let them, like, live their life, and you just be there and, like, shine a light and help them find their own way. You don't want to pave the way for them. So with kids, it's so hard because they do have, like, inappropriate behaviors but it's difficult like you said it's not my job to parent okay. I don't ever want to counteract what their parents are doing at home so that's like my biggest fear I never want to tell them something in therapy and then they go home and their parents like oh well that's not that's not what aligns with what I believe mm-hmm. so I for the most part I just kind of try to meet them where they're at and okay. stay on their like stay right by them not really try to implement any you know unusual rules that they wouldn't have like in school or you know kind of basic Mm-hmm.
0: So 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 you just messed me up because you just said, like, y'all not supposed to, like, give advice or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So what are you supposed to do as a therapist?
3: You know how to live your life best. How can I tell you how to live your life? I'm not there with you. Like, I'm not there with your family, your work, your friends. Like, you know how to live your life best. That's what our, you know, general belief is. Like, so with kids, it's like their family and then know what's best for them is I can't. So you
0: enhance the positives.
3: Yeah, like I'm all about like po- um, unconditional positive regard because a lot of kids in our community. I think we were talking about this yesterday, Layla, Like, it's hard to take accountability, and then when we do, we're too rough on ourselves. Like, oh, I'm so stupid, or like, oh, why am I being so lazy? And we're kind of rough on ourselves, and mm-hmm. we don't. Uh, we criticize too much without seeing all the amazing things we do. I just talked
0: like that about with Marv. Like thirty minutes before y'all got here, he was like, "Bro, you are too hard on yourself." Mm. I'm like, "Bro, that's where I want to be at?" Because I feel like when you when you want to be successful at something, you look at the most successful people in that. Mm. And when you' starting out you so far away from that, it's like, okay, I got to be here. I got to be here. When it's like, yo, it's it's, it's all in its own Surpassing. time. Yeah. But yeah. is that two yes.
1: ways of looking at it? Because for me personally, I get my motivation from the basic things. For some mm. odd reason, I don't, like you said, you mm-hmm. look up to like the people that are higher up there. Mm-hmm. I try to look at the people that are where I'm at and see how fast they're growing. So mm-hmm. if there's somebody on my level that I see within a week, you're two levels ahead of me, My mindset is going to be, oh, I'm
2: not working hard enough or I'm not doing something right. Okay. but then I we forget about that. we f- we also forget about looking back and looking how far we've gone too yeah.
3: wow you guys, yeah.
0: yeah you know what we're. I'm saying so
2: like uh, last year you probably didn't even have the studio I don't know where you guys yeah. were but just yeah. example you probably didn't even have the studio like mm-hmm. you were probably yeah. just writing it and now you're actually bringing guests here mm-hmm. we gotta remember to look back and like damn look how far I've gone though yeah. and I'm you so hard she brought I'm too
0: like, hard on myself. i when I talk to people about this and when I be telling them, like, where I want to go, they be like, oh, wow, how long you guys been doing that? I be like, bro, this right here is the sixth episode. Mm-hmm. They be like, man, like yep, if you don't shut up, man. Yeah, and I be like, like, bro, it's just me because I be like, yo, I see us. Like, when, yeah. when I when I, when I I find, like, a relationship, like how me and day got, and I'm like, yo, we could really go far with this. I see us there already, so yeah. I hold us to that standard. You know what and I'm saying? And it's so
1: funny mm-hmm. because when I found him... I was thinking of doing a podcast since high school, like I wanted to do it so bad, but I could not find anybody on the same wavelength, I See? couldn't find anybody that's trying to work yeah. on it. The moment he posted, I sent him a message, he didn't respond to the first one, so yeah. I was like, oh, he probably found somebody already, and something was just like, message him again. Yeah. Yeah. And as you yeah, know, I don't, I don't message like, people twice. Came. So like, right. it was on why the was black why? business page. The that's, black owned that's
2: business page phone. Really yeah, right. he's calling it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Word.
0: So uh what I want to do is I want to ask this last question and then I want to like give you guys time, maybe like three to five minutes to, to really go into what it is you guys do. And I see you have notes here, so I want I want you to really get into those. So this last question is, uh, do you think that the music of today uh makes children grow up faster than us? Mm. Or do you that's think that it makes them mature faster? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the right question. How do you feel about it?
3: Mm, I'm not too sure about that. I feel like I'm still part of this like, upcoming generation, so I'm trying to okay. think about the music <laughs> I was listening to when I was younger mm. compared to what my parents probably were. Um, I don't know, because... My parents got involved in like much crazier stuff yeah. than I have at the age I'm at right now, and I, I was listening to Little Kim when I was two. Okay, yeah. so, oh, okay. <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> yes, uh, my mom says that I started saying the curse where She threw it out the window when yeah. I was three, but yeah. So I don't really know. I think the parents' impact is most More. important. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. because that's what they see on a day to day.
3: Yeah, I just think that the kids have more
2: exposure now With social media media. And YouTube and all of that I don't think it's the music per se I just think they're just seeing too much And I I thought about
0: it after I asked the question too Because like after I asked a the question, then I started listening to the music that I was like, like, keep sweat Snow- yeah, nice. and what, of them the Temptations. All was talking about sex, bro. Talking, like, and this yeah, was different words. I, and we are there So like, I, I, I said it afterwards. Like, yo, I remember when I was younger, it was club music. Mm. And club music was real raunchy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I with
1: those The older generation are always telling us, oh, your music is so ratchet. But when you look back at their music, the amount of crap that was in there that you couldn't understand
2: was until you get older, it blows my mind now when I said that I think I was more blunt. But they, yeah, those yeah, messages was yeah, the same yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's was a rolling stone. Like, of
1: come on yeah. We have a song back home. It says, Oyo oi, oy, oy, wine up upon McCurry. And I was, <laughs> when I was younger, I could have sworn they were talking about the food. I got older <laughs> and realized this man is talking about some Indian woman whining on
3: him, and I'm like, oh, yeah.
0: My God. God. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just like the older you get, the more you dissect music and what you're listening yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Younger, it's just like, yo, we gotta have a slapping beat, yeah. And I, yeah, I gotta yeah. Yeah, yes, because
2: I tell my daughter to turn that off, but she don't really be knowing what those songs. about yeah, yeah. just like when yeah. you, like you said, when you're younger, you don't really listen to the words. Yeah. Words. Yeah. I think yeah. when they our just parents be tell us,
0: yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I want to give you a minute. Layla to just like really tell us like what it is that Jump Jump Kids Health really does and, and what's your I guess what's your mission statement and what you really wanna mm-hmm. uh wanna achieve, achieve. with this.
2: Uh-huh. Okay, so I, I touched on it um earlier about mm-hmm. how it, it stemmed from my passion for jumping rope for double okay. dutch, competitive double dutch. A jump jump, that's what yeah. we say, <laughs> like not street jumping, competitive. And um being a coach for over fifteen years, I realized that working with inner city kids needed more than just um, technique. Okay. They needed more than just me teaching them how to jump competitively. I realized that they needed um, some professional help when they need somebody to talk to professionally. Like I was their moms, their big sister, their their safe space where they could mm-hmm. talk about anything. But I, I was only able to give them what I know, mm-hmm. and I felt like they needed more professional um, therapy, basically. Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, my partner and I we split uh, because she didn't see that yeah, vision. Um, So I I decided to keep moving with it. So um, I kind of turned that Double Dutch organization into a more health and wellness medical practice. And that's where Jump Kids have stemmed from. So we provide mental health therapy, nutritional counseling, as well as fun fitness. The Double Dutch isn't going nowhere. But we just use it as um, a way to bring them in, to will them in. Um, I also included other sports, karate, because it was a long time where I just wanted to do Double Dutch. Mm -hmm. And I was like straight... I ain't seen nothing else. Okay. But every kid, just like I used to say, not every girl want to um, do cheerleading, not every kid want to jump rope. When I had to come mm-hmm. to terms, like, not every kid want to jump rope. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, now we offer karate. We offer yoga. We offer just regular arts and craft. But for those artists um, who prefer doing art and drawing and painting, like if you're going to the clinic, I just let them draw on the wall. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what you That's what you want to do. That's your outlet. Then let's do it. Let's make. Let's beautify it. But anyway, um, the focus is mental health. So although we jump a rope still um, I try to make sure that Double Dutch is still stemmed around mental health. Okay. Um, so my future is to build a Jump Kids in in most of the inner cities across the country. Okay. Um, we also tapped into Nigeria, Africa, um, and so eventually yeah, we we'll have. There, yeah. Eventually we'll have mental health therapy as well as nutritional counseling there as well.
0: Okay, okay. that's dope. I, I, I think I think what you have going on is dope because. I don't want to make it sound political or racial, but I feel like with the inner cities, they're trying to minimize the type of things that we can do inside of them. And I feel like the more the government has to pay for it, the more they'll take away from it just because it's cutting into their pockets. So I remember when we were younger... Tag and jump rope. These were big things outside of the house. Extension cords. Mm -hmm. I remember girls used to be wept up like from getting hit with the extension cord if you didn't know how to really jump rope. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I try to like play games with like my nieces and nephews and stuff and it's like, they don't even know how to put they they like hand in the fishbowl or nothing like that. I'm like yo, y'all don't know how to play these games. No, no oh,
1: they're just oh, their games out. are on a screen. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's tap so, so tap tap. It's, it's, it's really different. So it's like like obesity and stuff like this. It's dope that you guys have dietitians mm-hmm. and things that normal people don't really think about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I love the movement, and that's why we had you guys up here because I really believe in what you guys are doing, and even like. Now that we had had this talk today, it's like I've been bouncing around this issue with my godson, and it's like the answer been in my face the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I never, it took for somebody to say it for me to really understand what was going on. So I just want you to like, guys, to know like, keep pushing because it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. It's everything that you if it's if it's worth having, it's going to be difficult oh, to yeah. obtain. Period. So just keep doing what you're doing, and I want to let you get into uh, your notes and stuff and uh, what you really wanted to talk about up here today, and give you a couple minutes to talk about that.
3: Yeah, well, I'm just so grateful for Jump Kids because mental health is very important to mm-hmm. me, but I also study anthropology in undergrad. Okay, what is that? Cuz An- anthropo- tr- anthropology is the study of culture, but okay. we we acknowledge that culture is just like a social thing. It's not, you know, it's not real like there's so many different ways of culture. You know, somebody might say Puerto Rican culture, but then there's like older Puerto Rican culture, younger Puerto Rican mm-hmm. culture, gay Puerto Rican culture. It's not really a thing, but it's um, it still has an impact on our lives. So mm-hmm. once I started learning about anthropology, I was learning about homelessness, um, immigration, Black civil rights, LGBTQ rights, and that's when I realized mental health is very important. It's but we need to make sure that everything else is covered first. So that's why I love Jump Kids because it's like it has that school component, active um, activity, nutrition, everything, and when that is covered, then we can get into mental health. You can't expect somebody to get real heavy into mental health if they're struggling to get food or yeah. struggling to have clothes or struggling. They don't have friends. Mm-hmm. None of Mental health is not possible without, like, you know, the basic level, the hierarchy of needs being met. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that with um, Jump Kids. And Layla, earlier you were saying um, how we're trying to bring the parents into it more. And I just try to be relatable, personable in some ways because I know that psychology, sometimes even the kids, they be like, I know you're a therapist and everything <laughs> but that's not that's not how I do it and I totally get it. Yeah. So um I just wanted to bring up something called reparenting it kind of goes into what you were talking about with the inner child healing so reparenting is basically when um you learn to meet your adults you learn to meet your needs as an adult so you learn that when you're a child so for instance like when i fell and my mom is laughing at me that really um impacted how i how i feel when i'm hurt or sad so you kind of have to learn how to reparent yourself and it's not saying your parents did anything you know terrible or that they were bad parents or anything it's just now they're not here anymore and you're still responsible for yourself Mm -hmm. so reparenting yourself is just like learning to set learning and setting boundaries because some people don't even know what their boundaries are to set them um validating your feelings no matter what like no feeling is bad or wrong no matter what but the actions that come afterwards Mm -hmm. that's where it could go wrong um you know, being the responsible and nurturing adult that you needed as a child, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that child is still in there with you, and they could cause chaos and get dangerous if things are not, you know, addressed. A a child feeling um, unsafe or scared, it could just manifest in really bad ways as an Mm -hmm. adult. Um, Sorry.
0: Oh, this is (laughs) (laughs) double-sided, y'all. She just messed me up with the flip. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) some more for (laughs) y'all one of the biggest things because I started learning how to validate my feelings but then I was just not being too responsible and I wasn't trusting other people or myself so the biggest thing you could do is keep small promises to yourself daily and then you know be kind to yourself when you realize like wow I actually kept that promise to myself I could rely on myself I can trust myself like Mm -hmm. how you would want to trust that parent figure Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, self-love, love love languages for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know the love languages, like quality time, Mm -hmm. physical touch. A lot of times you feel like you need somebody else to do those things, but you can do them by yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. You can look them up, but, like, quality time, you can watch your favorite movie by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Physical touch, you can get a massage or even give yourself a massage Mm -hmm. and just kind of show up and be present for yourself. And what you like to do as a child, doing it as an adult, like you said, you like Mm -hmm. shoes and stuff, that brings that joy that you experience as a child, that curiosity, that human connectedness to the world, doing that can just help you to be the best adult that you can be, you know, kind of merge that child Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. mature adult that you are now. I love that
1: you talked about self-love because I've been trying to tell people about this. The reason I started my hair and skincare brand was literally for this reason. When I was younger, I cut my hair off simply because I didn't want to deal with it. So I bobbed my head. And I also grew up with my mother getting all these, like, pixie cuts and so on. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, And I knew that her hair grew longer. Mm -hmm. We just never got to see it at a young age. So for me, it was just like, oh, if I cut my hair, it's going to look cute. So I'm the short styles person. I was here, like, what, two weeks ago with long hair?
2: Yeah.
1: Cut all of it. (laughs) It's just a thing for me. So, you know, I've come to that point where I tell people, when you take care of yourself, when you're able to understand that taking care of yourself helps you to take care of others better, yes. mm. you get like so much more satisfaction when you take care of other people. Yes. Because I know people that are like, "Oh, I'm always doing this for him. I'm always." Have you stopped to take care of you? Yes.
0: Sir. Right. Yes. Right. So I think that's the key thing for this week. I want to thank everybody so much. Please like and subscribe. And if you have yes. any questions, uh, put them in the comments. Let us know what's going on. The live chat will be underneath us, of course. Yes. Um, we're going to put the website for Jump Kids Health because I think everybody needs this website. Yes. And what's cool about the website is that you can actually put things in the cart. You don't actually have to go up there to set it up. You can actually buy the things online. Mm-hmm. So if you're not mobile or it's going to be hard for you to get up there, you can actually give them a call and help and have them walk you through it. And if you want to talk to them um, on the phone, you can actually get in contact with them through their telephone service and the numbers are going to be online and in the description. Yep. So I just wanna. Thank everybody so much For watching us this week Uh, Thank you for our Guest guest Jump Kids help Thank you guys so much For coming up here Thank you for having us And uh, we want to just say It was a dope episode Episode 6 man Thank you guys so much For watching
2: Casual Conversations Thanks for having us It was
3: fun This was
2: fun It was good